0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. So you know, today I wanted to just share just around a few few points that I believe that can help us just move further in our walk with God. So I've got four points that I'm going to share and um, and I'm just going to believe and see what God does. In this, with everything here, and I think I've actually just lost my notes. Hmm, here we go. We're going to try something else. Anyway, I lost one of my pages, but it doesn't really matter because I can still do it without it. How about that? I can. I don't know where it went to. Ah uh-huh. ha! Here it is. Found <laughs> it. I was going to just go off saying, because I've already, I know what I want to say to you, so I didn't really need it. But point one is to be a people of faith. That's why you come here, because we're a people of faith. That's what this church is all about, being a people of faith. So, what is faith? It's having complete trust and confidence in our God, having assurance and belief in God that He will get you through whatever situation having complete trust in him. That's what God wants us to do. And it says in Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith and hope go hand in hand. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a particular thing to happen. But faith is trusting. Faith is trusting. You know, hope is that feeling of expecting something, and we're hoping that this will happen, but faith is about trusting in God, walking alongside him and trusting him. And, you know, um, for myself, growing up as a young girl, because I came from a broken family, my mum taught all of us kids, there's five of us, her, her catch cry was to us all the time was, don't trust anyone. And, you know, I learned that from about the age of six. So when that was drummed into me, it was very hard for that to come out afterwards because, That's what she taught us, don't trust anyone. Don't ever trust anyone. So that's what I continually believed, that I was not to trust anyone. I was not to have close friends because that was just the way it was in our family. So she would say, just trust your brothers and sisters, that's all. That's all you need. You don't need anyone else. But, you know, through life I realised that that wasn't enough and that made it difficult for me. When it came time for me to have breakthrough in my life, that was one of my areas that I couldn't deal with, but God came and He did a miracle. God came and He just switched things and changed things, and to the point that you know now I'm very trusting of people, and um, and that's what I believe is right. You know, I you know when you talk about trust, there's always an illustration that comes to me, and it's about the chair. So I have I got my prop man to come up, Nathan. Come on, Nathan. Come up here, bring the chair. Nathan's been married for six weeks now. How exciting, how exciting. Oh, very exciting for Nathan, isn't it good? So here is a chair. This is a lovely chair made by Kmart. I'm pretty sure, because we seem to buy everything from Kmart. Everyone does, don't they? It's true. Now Target's gotten better. There's competition now, I'd say. (laughs) So, you're on promoting Target and came up, anyway. But here is the chair. This is a great chair. We all sit on chairs all the time, don't we? You trust that chair, don't you? We don't even think about it. We put our little bottoms down on the chair. How was that? Do you feel comfortable sitting there? Do you feel safe? You do feel safe, it's true. Because you know why? We trust the workmanship in that chair. We trust that someone has put this chair together and it's not going to fall apart. Is it? You're hoping. It's not. It's not going to fall apart. But you know, that is what we need to do with God. We need to trust the workmanship and the journey that he takes us on. Trust that journey because he's got a great work for you and me. You can take the chair away. Nathan, off you go. But you know, I just have to, I, it was a reminder too, my husband is very clumsy. I'm not sure if people know that about him. He um, is, because you know, I don't know, well what happens with me, it's always me that gets hit or knocked. And I would saying he's not abusive, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I'll be sitting on the lounge and he'll sit next to me. Next minute he goes to put his arm over to give me a hug. Whack does it every time or he will trip over things at home or he just does things that are very very funny in our home but thinking of the chair you know the first year of when we got married we've been married now 25 years this May which is pretty exciting but in our first year of marriage when I married him did I didn't realize how clumsy he was so he was leaning at work on his swing chair Swinging back, leaning back and forth, and he still does it to this day. I tell him off all the time, don't lean back on chairs. He leaned back on the chair, fell on the floor because the chair split in half, and he broke his wrist and had to have wires in his hand in our first year of marriage. So I'm saying don't be clumsy like him. (laughs) That's the motto of the story. (laughs) And don't lean on chairs. But, you know, I just thought I'd throw that in there because he is very funny sometimes. But, so that's all about the chair, and, um, you know, we recognise that the chair is a chair that is designed for support and the person who sits in it, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to sit in it, sit in his presence, sit in his time, so trust is actually sitting there in it. Our faith is to trust God no matter what we go through, good, bad, the ugly, whatever it is, God wants us to trust. Trust. I want us to look at some, um, you know, some great illustrations and great examples of faith in Hebrews 11. And in this chapter, there are just, it goes through, when you read the whole chapter, it talks about all the different stories in the Bible and the great people in the Bible. And I want us to start in Hebrews 11.8, and it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance he went without knowing where he was going you know what he picked up and he went he didn't know where he was going but he trusted God and he went and he followed God and sometimes that's what God's asking us you know what trust him just listen to my voice and do what i ask and that's what god's saying here with abraham he went with knowing he didn't know but god had a great inheritance for him on the other side and then in hebrews 11:11 11, 11, it says it was by faith that ruth together not ruth sarah together with abraham was able to have a child even though they were too old and sarah was barren sarah couldn't have children she was barren, she was old. And, you know, at an old age of whatever it was, you would not want to have children. I wouldn't. Even today, I'm like, I've had my three, that's it for me. And, you know, and, but Sarah, she obeyed and she trusted God. And by faith, he again gave her what her desires were. Hebrews eleven seven it says, It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about something that he had never seen. So God spoke to Noah and said to him, build an ark. He didn't know what an ark was. But he did it out of obedience to God. God gave him the idea. He built it. He didn't know what a flood was. There had never been a flood before. So to think that the land was going to be full of water was something that he couldn't imagine. But he again obeyed God. Hebrews 11.29, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians followed, they were all drowned. But again, by faith, the people of Israel went through and the waters separated and they walked through to the promised land on the other side and they were not drowned. You know, in every single one of these um, stories, it was all about trust and belief and holding on to faith and letting God do what he needed to do. You know, just as, as God did it then, God can do it today. God can do it today. Just like you think, but that was in the Bible. That was years ago. Yes, but that same faith that was there is on us today. That same faith God wants us to have in our lives, to believe for the unimaginable, believe for great things in your life, but believe by faith that God will do awesome things in your life. So point number two is, to be a people of discernment. Hebrews 5.14, it says, Solid food is for those who mature, who have trained themselves to recognise the difference between right and wrong and then to do right. It's about choosing right. God wants us to use our discernment to choose right and not wrong. He wants us to make right decisions You know, what I find very interesting as, you know, my walk with God's been for a long time, but, you know, I notice and when I talk to people, there are so many people that they struggle with knowing how to choose right. For them, our sinful nature usually turns us always to doing wrong. But, you know what, God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to choose right. He wants us to choose to go the right way, not the wrong way. And, you know, it's just like a child. You tell them not to touch something, what do they do? They touch it. It's the same with us as adults. God says, don't touch that. And what do we do? We touch it. But sometimes we have got to trust God and go, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to stand and stand firm on what God's saying. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 to 22, it says, "'Examine everything carefully. "'Hold fast to that which is good.'" Abstain from every form of evil. God's word provides us with what's needed, you know, with every situation, every issue in our lives. Discernment is the ability to think biblically about all areas of our life. God wants us to think biblically. He gives, you know, the true knowledge of God is going into his word and getting into his word and believing for what God has for us. You know, the Bible is our manual. It's our manual to know what is right and what is wrong. It tells you. You read it. If you spend time reading it, because, you know, the other thing I find interesting, people say that they're Christians, but then they don't read their Bible. But they say, oh, I'm a Christian, I pray every now and then and I read my Bible maybe once a year. That's not being a Christian. God wants you to get into his word and read it daily. Read it whenever you can because that is what gets you through life. You know, when you're struggling from depression or whatever, it's getting into the word and letting life be brought back into your soul. That's what God wants to do, bring life back into your soul. You know, um, even for ourselves back, you know, when, when we were thinking about getting married... You know, I went out with Matt for four years because he took forever to make up his mind about whether he wanted to marry me or not. (laughs) It was never me. If he tries to tell you that, it was me. No, it wasn't. It was him. So, you know, we dated for four years and that was a great time and he kept... There were days, I'm not sure if I want to marry you. Yes, I do want to marry you. No, I don't. No, I don't know. It was his own sort of things that he went through. But, you know, right towards, just before we were going to make a decision whether we were going to get married or not, um, he went on a 40-day fast. And um, through that time, he just got into the Word. He got into prayer because this was a lifelong decision that he was making. This was a big choice that he was making. You know, for some of us, we just go, oh, yeah, I'll just marry that person. Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God if that person is the right person for you? You know, We prayed. He got into fasting, I got into prayer. And we prayed and, and fasted, but he fasted, I didn't, because he needed to really hear from God. <laughs> so he did fast. But you know what? Through that time, getting into his word, God showed him, gave him a scripture, gave him a, a word through, through the Bible saying, the promises I give you are yes and amen. And yes, going for life, for frankly, is the right thing. And I will bless you through your life. That's what the Word said to him. And, you know, continually, that's what we go to for both of us in our lives. Whenever it's had anything to do with our children, our families, whatever, we go to the Word. Because through the Word is where we hear from God. So can I encourage you, get into the Word. Trust God with your life. Use the Bible as your manual, just like you've got a manual in your car or for your phone or whatever. I think we look at our, probably our phone manual more than we look at the Bible sometimes. But you know what, can I say, get into the word and let God do whatever he needs to do. And you know, through that, through the Bible, he shows us right and he shows us wrong. And I just want to give you a few things about what we should avoid in life. And as a church, what we're believing that we should avoid in life. And these are simple things that you go, oh, you're saying that, I know that. But yes, but now act on it and maybe stop doing some of these things. So I'm going to give you some of these um, thoughts to avoid. And one is anger. Try not to be an angry person because God doesn't want anger. He doesn't want you to be angry. The other one is to avoid Gossip, gossip. Some people love to gossip. It's like they get quite, you know, joy out of gossiping because it's like, I know something about someone, so I need to pass it on to the next person and pass it on to the next person. But God's saying, no. You know, if you hear something, hold it in. As I've said, knowledge is power, but nobody wants to know it. Keep it in and go, self-control I'm going to hold it in I'm not going to go and tell the next person and the next person and the next person because as a church that's what we don't want because you know what gossip destroys gossip is here and it destroys people's lives immorality you know dealing with addictions deal with them move on immorality is a big one jealousy let's not be jealous of each other Jealous of family, that that person's got that car or this car or that big house or whatever. Let's not be jealous, just let's pray blessing over them. Hate, that just says it all, hate. Try not to hate. Holding on to hurts. That's the big one that I always tell people, let go. Let go of hurts. Let God do what he needs to do in your life. Let go and forgive. Don't hold on to grudges. That's a biggie too. Holding on to grudges is one that, you know, people struggle with because, you know, someone hurts them and they don't know how to let go of things. They find it easier to hold on to it and have an offence against against someone than going, you know what, I'm just going to brush that off and keep walking in freedom. Because that's what God wants, not to hold offences. Because the devil comes to try and rip us off and wants us to hold offences. So then we've got offences all over the church with people and we don't talk to them. Don't hold offences. Can I encourage you as a church? Because as a church, for us to grow, and that's our dream, we need to step up and start avoiding some of these things. We truly need to. And then what is right And what we see for this church and what we're believing for our church is to be a church of kindness. Can I encourage that? That's what we say. Every time someone walks into this place, be kind to them. Be kind to each other. Love one another. You know, speaking well of each other. Purity. Forgiveness. Having forgiveness. Always forgiving others. Walking in victory and unity. Because where there is unity, God commands a great blessing. And that's why, as a church, God wants to command a great blessing over this house. In Matthew 6.33, it says, But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, you know, that God wants to give you every one of those promises. He wants to give you your promises. But those promises are his promises. It's not what you want. It's what God wants for you. He will give you those because that's what he wants over your life. I want us to read out of uh, Genesis 4, uh, verse 4 to 7, and it says, While Abel brought several choice lambs from the best of his flock, the Lord accepted Abel and his flock, but he did not accept Cain and his offering. This made Cain very angry and dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you respond in the right way. But if you refuse to respond correctly, sin is crouching at your door, and, it is a desire, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. You know, this is what God's saying to Cain. He says, rather than be angry because I didn't accept your offering, how are you going to respond to me? You know, do we do that to God? how are you going to respond to God when he says no to you? Are you going to get angry with him? Are you going to hold on to that offense against God? Or are you going to respond correctly? Because, you know, sin crouches at your door. And when you hold on to those things, they are the wrong things. And you know what? It says that we need to master over sin. Master over it. Learn to control it. Learn that Sin is not going to control you. Sin should not ever control you. You should be able to control it. And that's what God's wanting us to do. Take control. Take control. You know, Cain was in battle. He was angry. And, you know, he didn't let go of that anger. And in the end, because he couldn't do what God said and be obedient, he ended up killing, murdering his brother Abel out of jealousy. Out of so much jealousy, that that's what he did, and you know this is human nature. We battle against sin every day, but we, but God wants us to rule over it, and not let it rule over us, you know. Um, and then you know in Hebrews, this is uh, it says the same in the same verse, which when um, Eve went through and went and um, ate of the forbidden fruit, that was the same words, desire, as what was here in with Abel and Cain and Abel. And God is saying not to, to let those desires take over. Just like Eve let that desire of that forbidden fruit, and she ate, which she shouldn't have, she let it control her. It's the same with Cain. He let that desire take control. And God's saying, no... And, so you, and you know the story, as you see, we had a fallen world. And then in number three is being a people of prayer. Daniel 6.10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened to the... Uh, to Towards Jerusalem three times a day he got up he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before but you see there was a decree out to kill Daniel and Daniel knew but what did Daniel do rather than run the other way He ran straight into God's arms and he went straight into prayer and said, God, I am going to overcome this and you are going to save me from this. So because he had learnt to pray and to be someone who was disciplined in prayer, because as it said, just as he had done before. So he was a man of discipline. He was a man that prayed continually every day. And as he was going and found out that he was going to be killed... He ran into prayer. And that's what God's saying. Whatever you're going through right now, run into prayer. Run into prayer. Run to God. Let him sort it all out. Because, you know, our God will always sort everything out when we run into prayer and when we hold on to him. Can I give you some types of prayer? There's so many different types of prayer through the Bible, but I just want to give you a few. And I'm rushing through because... um, I've just got a few other things that I want to do. So um, here are five types of prayer that we should use daily. One is communion, which is continual prayer. So the definition of communion here is sharing and exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings on a mental or spiritual level. God wants us to exchange intimate thoughts with him, to have communion with him, which is you just speaking to God, having a relationship with him, that he's standing alongside you and you're communicating intimate thoughts with him. That's why I love that, that we're just having that dialogue with God and it's intimate between you and him. Number two is supplication. And it's, that means lifting up your needs to him and giving everything to him. Every day we should give our needs to God every day. Every morning you get up and say, God, I'm going through this, but I lay it at your feet and I know that you're going to sort it out. It's about giving it to him. Intercession, praying on behalf of others. And that's a big one. You know, even right now, we've got all of those prayer needs up on the prayer wall in the foyer. And you know, we have our intercessors that pray for those needs all the time. And that's what we need to do. Be people of prayer who intercede for others. And Pray for others. Intercession is a great thing. If you can get into praying for people, it teaches you not to be selfish when you're praying out and praying for others. Number four is spiritual warfare. Fighting against the enemy. This is, I love this one. Sometimes I feel like I get my warrior outfit on and I fight against the enemy because the enemy will come to try and rob, steal and destroy you and your family. And all of us, should have God's armour on, ready to fight this battle because we walk a journey that is not always easy but sometimes it's the enemy that will come and try to destroy you and you need to have your armour on fighting and believing for breakthrough and believing that the enemy's not going to touch you. Number five is uh, prayer of thanksgiving and that means being thankful, thankful to God for prayers that haven't been answered but prayers that have been answered and you know when you start to do that it's a faith step it actually stirs you up that you can believe for more when you're thankful you've got to keep believing and it encourages you to keep believing and as you step out in faith and go thank you Lord for that job that I don't really like thank you Lord for my family that sometimes annoy me thank you for the situation I mean whatever it is you're thanking because you know what as you say it God starts to change it in the atmosphere and things start to turn around. That you actually start to believe and see change. And then you can say, I actually am thankful for that for that great job you've given me. Because that's what faith's all about. Number four is let's be people of strength. And it and we're going to read Isaiah 40, 31. And it says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will sore on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Hope is an active dependence on God that patiently awaits his perfect timing with confident expectation. Hope. Hope is the big one. And hope is we're believing and we're hoping and we have a dependence on God because we know he's going to come through. And he always will. You know, And, you know, God wants to renew our strength every day because sometimes the journey can get weary and we can get battle scarred and, and we can just end up being, this is all too much for me. But God wants to renew our strength every day. He wants to teach us to flourish in whatever we're going through and he wants to restore us. He wants to restore our hearts. He wants to restore our emotions. He wants to restore everything. And can I encourage you, this year... Keep doing that. Keep saying, "God, make me strong. Strengthen me through this, because I know You will take me through and get me to the other side." You know, and you know, just like it says, "They shall soar on wings like eagles." This is about our faith. You know, the in. I'm not sure if you know much about eagles. I don't, but I've just learnt a little bit about eagles, and um, I thought I, you know what, I'm going to just go on Google and find some things. And, um, you know, the eagle loses its feathers, but they grow back when they're ready to fly again. Eagles always lose their feathers, they sit back, and then they regrow their feathers, and then they fly. And, you know, there's two facts that were standing out about the eagle. You know, and there's so many different verses in the Bible about the eagle. Did you know that? There's about, again, 64 verses about the eagle, I'm not a great lover of of birds. I've said in the last service because when I was young, I had a, a rooster peck me, and since then it's like hate hate birds. I like to eat chickens and their eggs, but don't don't bring them anywhere near me. So um, my brother has about five. He's a real gardener, and I'm going ugh. He put, lets them run around in the yard, and you think well oh, their poo is on the ground. It's like ugh. It's like, Ugly chickens—they're only here for one purpose: (laughs) to be eaten. Anyway, so the sorry. Hopefully, you—if you love chickens, that's good. Good. Don't worry about me. This is my little thing. Okay. So two facts. Two facts about the eagle that I just wanted to—that I found—that I wanted to share with you because this will help you understand where God wants to take you. And the eagle flies into a storm and they use the pressure of the storm to fly higher. So did you get that? The eagle flies into the storm and they use the pressure of the storm to fly higher. It's the only bird that flies into the storm. Every other bird flies out and away from it. But an eagle sets its path and actually flies straight into it. You know, and that's with all of us, each one of us have a different storm that we're going through. And God says, fly into it. And what I'll do is I'll actually teach you to fly above it, above the situation so we can conquer and beat the situation. And that's what God's saying. He wants us to fly higher and not to worry because he will give us the strength that we need. And, you know, their wings, what happens with their wings, they, you know, expand them out. And as they expand them out, then the the storm just lifts them. And that's what God wants us to do. Lift our hands towards him in surrender and say, God, lift me above this. As we stand in surrender, just like the eagle uh, puts out its wings, it's what God wants us to do. Lift our hands to him in surrender and go, God, I know you're going to get me through this. And then the other fact is that the eagle has strong vision, and, you know, they have visions that they can see their prey at a long distance, but they also can see when the enemy is coming. So they know when something's coming to try and attack them, but they can also see their prey at the same time. And that's like us. We need to have our eyes focused on him, but also keep our eyes positioned that we can see that the enemy will try and come and and damage us and destroy us. So can I encourage you to just keep flying high, you know, above the storm and, and let God do what he wants to do in your life. So three more scriptures I'm going to give you and, and if you guys want to come up, you can. Psalm 73, 26, it says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And God wants to give us all strength. He wants us to fight through and believe that he is going to give us the strength. Can I encourage you? Get into his word. Because when you get into his word and your prayer life changes, your prayer life will change, but also it will give you the strength to get through. And that's what God wants to do because he can do all things, all things, and we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. He will do it all, but we need to trust and rely on him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date... Check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.